0: This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reineck. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So with the recent market weakness again happening here in 2021, especially in the NASDAQ, it's time to see if there are any gross stocks that maybe now are attractive value stocks. I know many of you have been tweeting at me You know that some of your stocks are down really big, But are they values? Do they have the good fundamentals that we're looking for as value investors? I don't know, we're we're about to find out because I'm gonna run a screen and see if we can find any of these kind of unicorn type stocks. Now, I'm not expecting to see any of the really big growth names on this screen. So that would be like Shopify, Tesla, Etsy, You know, PayPal, none of those am I expecting to see on the list because the fundamentals on valuation for them, like PEs, price to book, all of that is just simply way too high to make any of of these this type of screen. So none of those are going to be on there. That would be a different podcast episode where maybe if they pull back some more, they may be values based on their industry, you know, based on peer comparison, then we might be able to see some value in buying those stocks on this big pullback. But for this podcast, I'm really am looking for the kind of more classic value fundamentals, along with um, a couple other things that and including that growth component and we'll see if any of those that you know maybe were caught up in the big growth rally. Maybe some of those have pulled back. Like I said, um, but I don't know. I'm thinking maybe there might be some software or cloud companies. Maybe those have fallen far enough now because some are down like you know 40% here. That some of their valuations maybe might be falling into the land of uh, value investors. But I don't know. Uh, but let's find out. So how do how do I screen for this? How do I screen for gross stocks that might now be attractive value stocks? Well, um, I'm going to start off just by putting in the Zacks rank because that's kind of a given for all of my screens. And I'm going with the Zacks number ones and number twos. Those are the buys and the strong buys. Why am I including the Zacks rank in this? It's because it does give us. A little bit of an advantage because we are looking then for companies where the analysts are raising their earnings estimates so that's a positive thing i want the analysts to feel some kind of bullishness and you know to be raising on these companies so that just those two alone number ones and number twos when i plug that into a screen it's giving me 963 stocks so nearly a thousand stocks that's a lot a lot of number ones and number twos. Usually, when I run that, it's in the eight hundreds. So this is a pretty bullish little indicator that the analysts are raising their earnings estimates on a lot of companies right now, coming out of this uh, first quarter earnings season. So, so we have that. We have the number ones and number twos. But then what? So to get the growth part of the component, we are going to use the PEG. I've done other podcasts with the PEG. I love the PEG. Who doesn't love the PEG? Gives you the PE plus the growth. And this is the one that Benjamin Graham like basically invented. And he loved it for that same reason, because not only is it the PE is low, but you are getting this growth component, which is somewhat rare to get both value plus the growth. So remember, a peg ratio under one is what usually indicates the value. And it's P.E. divided by the long-term growth consensus estimate. So that's how you're getting the peg. You can find the peg on Yahoo Finance, on um, all your normal. It's it's on zax.com under the quote page. So you don't have to figure it out yourself. It's always there. But remember a peg under one usually means it's pretty cheap and it's got that strong growth. So adding the peg to the Zachs rank gives us 108 companies. That's still that's still a good number. that's still a lot. Um, I, I was surprised it wasn't a little bit lower, but again, right now, a lot of companies are seeing rising earnings. Because things are much better than analysts had anticipated, even though they were anticipating, you know, 2021 to be strong coming out of the pandemic. They didn't they didn't really estimate correctly on how strong it's going to be. So I decided to add a price to book ratio on this. Now, this is what's going to cut out all of the the really popular growth, uh, tech names, because they all have price to books that are, you know, some of them are in the double digits. But price-to-book under three normally gets you some value there, and so adding that, I get 67 companies. So that's not bad. I've, I decided to go with that because it's a big enough list but not overwhelming, and I could kind of pick and choose you know, five companies that I like out of that list. And what's on that list? So it's giving me some banks. Chemicals were on there. Assets. Investment firms, the home builders like steel and some other miners um, are on there. There were uh, there wasn't much healthcare, energy or tech. There was at least one uh, big oil company, but it was a foreign company, not U.S. based. So, yeah, it's kind of where you might think the growth is going to be. So there wasn't a lot of surprise on this list. Um, It did not have, however, the software or cloud stocks I thought maybe I might find. Maybe those are cheap enough. But that price to book, I think, is really just crushing those. Once I added that, I probably wasn't going to get any of those. So I did not get any of those. Uh, The cheapest growth stocks, you know, despite the recent sell-off in these glamour popular names, are, as I said, in the parts of the economy which are going to be 2021 recovery winners, So as I'm recording this, we are in late May 2021 now. So nearly half the year is already over. We all keep talking about like, oh, the 2021 recovery. Well, we're in it. We're in the middle of it. So we kind of have to start thinking even, and the market will start thinking even of the 2022 recovery shortly, within like weeks. They're only going to be looking forward to what's going to happen next year. But many of us are still focused on 2021 because this uh, reopening is still happening and kind of happening slowly here. As uh, cities and states reopen, as countries reopen, we are still getting some COVID outbreaks around the globe, however. So the vaccine uh, still needs you know, to find its way to all parts of the globe. So this is what's gonna give fits and starts to this recovery but we are now you know halfway through this recovery year so I picked out five stocks out of the 67 that should be winners in the recovery and that's kind of why I picked them because uh, this is the reopening play and that's where the growth is. So let's dive right in and see what's on this list of five companies some of them are um, Old favorites, so you won't be surprised, but a couple of others are newbies to this list. But again, none of these software glamour names are on this list yet. But uh, maybe, maybe going forward, if this weakness continues, so we'll keep an eye on those. And in the meantime, these ones are all, I would say, pretty dirt cheap here with the growth component. So, this is a powerful combination here in 2021 and should be in 2022 as well. So let's dive right in. So the first one, I'm going to lead it off with the tech company, uh, because we don't get many of these. And there weren't many on this list of 67 companies. But I know this one because I used to own it in the value investor portfolio here at Sachs. But it is cyclical. But right now is a good time for the cycle for this in industry, this particular segment of technology. So it's Vishay Inner Technology, ticker VSH. And it's on the semiconductor side, but it might be one you've never heard of because I used to call it one of the secret semiconductors. So they describe themselves as one of the world's largest manufacturers of discrete semiconductors and passive components. Now, they're in Pennsylvania, and they've been around since like the 1960s. But I think because they're in Pennsylvania, that's one of the reasons they're often overlooked. They're not out there in Silicon Valley or the Bay Area. And um, so a lot of people tend to be like, Vichay who? We don't care. But you should care because they are cheap here. Um, Across all metrics so they are small. They only have a 3.4 billion market cap. That's also why they're somewhat ignored. Uh, They pay a dividend yielding 1.6% but their P.E. right now is at 10 10 10.7. That's giving them a peg ratio of 0.5 because their earnings are expected to be up 135% here in 2021. So they made 92 cents in 2020. They're expecting to make 217 in 2021 with three estimates on the company. So even though they're uh, like a mid cap, but they're on the small side for the semis. We do have a couple analysts covering them. So that's good. Now year to date the shares are up 13.5% but they are down 9% in the last month on this overall kind of gross stock tech weakness and that has hit the semiconductors as well. So this is a, a nice little pullback a correction. It's not in a bear market but it is a nice correction. So revenue is supposed to be up 27% here in 2021 as things are looking good. I took a look at their first quarter results that were out on May 4th, and here's what they said in the press release. So they said, in the first quarter of 2021, the steep upturn of our business that began in October of last year accelerated even further. Quarterly orders and backlog reached all-time highs. Virtually all markets are in excellent shape and supply chains have become rather um, depleted. Couldn't read my writing there. (laughs) Supply chains have become rather depleted. Then they went on to say about their outlook. Over the next few years, we expect to experience higher growth rates than over the last decade. And then they cited electrification, electric vehicles, factory automation and 5G infrastructure as the drivers. So that tells you kind of the areas that they're in of the economy. And yeah, those are all hot areas. So could this be another buying opportunity in VShay? It is cyclical. So the cycle is on the upswing here, like a lot of the semiconductors. But shares are still cheap. It's a ZAX number two, buy stock. And that's v- Inner Technology. VSH is the ticker on that one. Okay, then we're switching over to the home builders. Now, of course, you thought there has to be a home builder on this list, right? Yes, there is. And I know I sound like a broken record on the home builders, but they're still dirt cheap and the growth is still there. So the one I picked on this list is Pulte, Pulte Group, PHM is the ticker. There's ax number one. One analyst just rated him a strong buy, and he did it on their disciplined and diversified approach. Now, what sets Pulte Group apart, they're the one of the largest home builders, so they're in the most states. So I like that. And they also have this active adult community business. And in the first quarter, active adult orders were up 49% year over year. Obviously, when COVID hit, a lot of the older buyers who would want to be in one of these active adult communities, on um, like retirement, they were on the sidelines. Uh, some were buying online still, but a lot of them want to actually go visit the, the home sites and the communities, see the amenities, all of that. And that was all on hold until the vaccine. Yay. So in the first quarter, many people in this age group were eligible to get vaccines they clearly were getting them and then racing out to the, to the adult active communities and deciding now's the time to retire and move, or I want to be where it's warmer now, and I'm out of here from the great white north, and so they were buying. So um, active adult orders up 49%. That's super strong. So what does everything else look like on Pulte Group? So PE is still dirt cheap. They've been cheap for a year or more now. PE is just 7.4 right now. That's giving them a peg of 0.78. Price to book is at 2.2. They do pay a dividend yielding 1%. Uh, Five estimates are higher for 2021 in just the last month since their last earnings. And that is expected to be up 47% here in 2021 to 762 versus 518 last year. And last year was a good year despite getting hit early in the spring by the pandemic. We know everything took off in the housing market in the second half of last year, and most of the housing uh, companies had their best year since uh, the housing bubble years, really, since 2007 or 2008. So one of the issues with these stocks, however, and those of you know, because you've tweeted at me recently about the home builders, is that there's the worry has come back into the market again that the story is over that this is peak home builder, like they thought it was peak home builder for like the fourth quarter of last year. They thought, oh, the surge after the pandemic closings and, you know, everybody wanting to like move suddenly during the pandemic, that's over. So home building is done. But then it wasn't because everyone is still buying. And but now everybody thinks it's done again and that this is the best it will ever be. And we don't know that yet. Um, But Everything is still dirt cheap, revenues expected to grow 35% this year. Yes, they've had rising prices in many key areas on land, lumber, labor, but they have been offsetting that with price increases on the housing that is sticking with consumers. Those low mortgage rates are still making things affordable for now. So year-to-date, these shares are up 30%. So not surprised about that. But uh, they're up just 3.4% in the last month, and they're down about 10% from their highs, which were in that last month. So they have pulled back off the you know more extreme bullishness after they reported earnings. So they're getting hit a little bit in this uh, like retrenchment. We're seeing here this little bit of uh, weakness in the overall market. And this could be a buying opportunity for those who are still on the sidelines on the home builders or looking to add to your positions. Uh, I would I would be a buyer on the home builders on any of them on certainly on further weakness, weakness um, but I like them here on any kind of pullback. So that's Pulte Group, PHM, Zach's number one rank there. Then we're gonna switch over to one that I find to be interesting because this is kind of going into the play that I I thought we might get in the screen. So third stock is Lumber Liquidators, the floor manufacturer, ticker LL. And they're Zach's number one rank, but not for the same reasons as like Pulte is. So I took a look at their earnings estimates. So they're expected to make $1.36 this year there have been an increase in their earnings estimates. Three analysts have raised in the last 30 days. That's why you're getting the ZAC's number one rank. That's what we're looking for. That's a positive thing. Three of the analysts are more bullish than 60 days ago and have been raising their estimates. But earnings are expected to be down 40% this year, down to 136 versus 228 last year. So this is where Um, The story isn't quite as as bullish as some of these others, but it still has the number one rank and it still has the peg and the cheapness factor. So the P.E. on Lumber Liquidators is at 17.4 and the peg is at 0.77. So the P is a little elevated, maybe, but the peg fits right in with what we're looking for. We're looking for that combination of growth and value. Now, these shares are down year to date big down 25% year to date now. And they look like they're kind of hitting this key technical level here, and we'll see if it breaks down further. You might be able to get these even cheaper here. Um, But this is an interesting play. This is one of the ones, this is what we were trying to screen for, to try to get one of these kind of growth, you know, pandemic winner stocks on this uh, pullback here, cheaper, but still has good fundamentals. And this does, but it has maybe a little bit of the value trappiness in there. Now, why are the earnings expected to be down? I would think everybody's still buying flooring here with housing surging, everybody's still nesting. Home Depot, Lowe's had like record quarters again. So why is Lumber Liquidators not doing quite as well? So first quarter was softer than expected comparable sales of just 6.9%. The street was looking for another quarter of over 10 uh, at 10.4, and they have been doing 10 to 11 the prior two quarters. That's, you know, year over year comps. But part of the issue is they're having inventory uh, issues because the shipping container shortage out of Asia, that's where they get a lot of their flooring shipping in. And so that's really hitting on inventory. So you can't sell what you don't have. Right. You you might be a home home owner and you go in there and you're like oh i love this this new hardwood and i want this you know wide plank in my house now and oh wait whoops it's back ordered or you can't get it for six months or maybe a year that's that's kind of disappointing right so do you leave lumber liquidators without buying anything yeah maybe you walk out so this is an issue um, that we'll see if this improves in the second half of this year Meanwhile, the shares are getting cheaper. It's a small cap at $661 million, no dividend. So, um, you know, I would maybe put this one on a watch list if you're interested in the home story, the nesting thing, and see if you can get this even cheaper possibly because these shares have been on the decline pretty consistently over most of this year. So um, the trend is to go lower here with Lumber Liquidators. But we'll see. Lumber Liquidators, ticker LL, is the ticker on that one. Then switching over to staffing. So what's going to do well in this economy? Uh, Staffing agencies, because now everybody needs employees, right? And they need specific ones. And they need them globally, worldwide. And who has that? Manpower Group, ticker MAN. They are global. They're not just U.S., U.S. is only 12% of the revenue. So this is a global play on the reopen, and things are looking pretty dynamic for them here. So um, they have a PE of 19.5. So a little stretched on the PE, but the peg falls in because the earnings are soaring. So peg of 0.9, price to book is 28 there's Zacks number two, they have a 6.6 billion market cap. So a decent sized company, a larger mid cap, let's call them. They do pay a dividend yielding 2.1%. So that's a nice little added bonus as well. Now what's happening with the earnings? So last year in 2020, they got hit, of course, because nobody was hiring. Um, everything was just put on hold for several quarters globally. So... Uh, staffing agencies do bad in global recessions, right, because that's when they're going to get hit. But in those recoveries, usually things look good, and this should be a quicker recovery than normal. So they made 367 last year. Analysts have them at 616 this year. That's earnings jump of 67%. Revenue expected to rise 14%. Uh, a lot of people are already in this trade. Year-to-date up 31% on the shares one month up 7.7% so this is not one of the ones that's pulling back on big weakness but it does look like the shares are kind of treading water right here on the overall market weakness they're not rising still they're kind of just holding at the current levels Um, and then we'll see we'll see if you can if they're going to break down a little bit here or if they're going to have the breakout even further here but catalysts aren't really there for the breakout right here. Um, Because they've already done earnings, so it would more likely be more weakness, which is good for us because we like to buy on the weakness. So what happened in their first quarter, they blew by the street, analysts underestimating how good it's going to be. In the U.S., that was their largest area of profit improvement, not surprising because it's really the first big big country to really see economic uh, reopening, so to speak. Um, Other than, you know, China and whatnot. But um, out of like Europe and the US, US is the first one to really have the bigger reopening here. And so I like these staffing companies here because they do do well in the recovery periods out of recessions. And this one is very unique. And a lot of companies are already looking for, you know, new staffing all over the place. So this, it could be the year for Manpower Group. So ticker M-A-N on that one. And then we're going to wrap it up with, I wanted to get a little bit of the cyclical, like chemical, industrial names in there. And there were a couple to choose from on the list. So I went with Huntsman, ticker H-U-N. There's X number two. And they're mid cap with 6.4 billion market cap. They're really cheap right here as those uh, earnings are soaring, because again, the cyclical nature of their business. So PE is at 10.9, price to book is just 1.8, and then they have a peg of just 0.2 because their earnings are expected to soar 176% this year. They made 98 cents last year, expected to see 271 this year. So you got that big jump, you're gonna get the peg real low with that low PE right there. Um, these guys, Huntsman, they're in polyurethanes where they're seeing strong demand. They did get hit in the first quarter by that Winter Storm URI member in February, where a lot of the facilities down in the Gulf and whatnot chemical makers were shut down by that storm. So still trying to recover from that. Uh, They're also in performance products, advanced materials and textile effects. And they guided above consensus on the second quarter on improving demand and still tight supply, like we're hearing from a lot of these cyclical industrial companies. So that's gonna give them some pricing power as well. You're gonna see Um again that big increase in the earnings. Now they did recently announce that they're raising their dividend 15%. So that's how they're rewarding the shareholders for sticking around and being patient. Dividend is now yielding 2.5%, but revenue is supposed to be up 23% this year. What's happening with the shares? So year to date, they're up 14.8 because this is not a normal growth play. It's not tech or biotech or any of those, uh, you know, solar or any of that. It's old economy. So that um, hasn't been hit in this overall weakness. So year is still up 14.8%. But over the last month, it has weakened off of its recent highs and is now down 1.7%. But a very choppy chart, if you go to look at it, it's not like, you know, straight up or straight down like some of these. It's, you know... Berry seesaw, let's put it that way. So, you're going to have to have a stronger stomach, which is why they reward their shareholders with these nice dividends and raising the dividends to, to keep you uh, rewarded for your patience. Let's just put it that way. So, that's Huntsman, ticker H U N. But like I said, I saw several chemical companies on this list. So, that's where the growth, underlying growth is. And that makes sense. As the global economy reopens, all industries even the old economy industries are picking up steam again and so they're going to need the building blocks of their industry which is chemicals and so that area is super hot to trot right now so um, keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these screens trying to find these growthy growthy names Okay, so those are the five stocks, and um, I think you'll agree some of them are a bit different than what we've seen in the past when I've run these kind of basic growth plus value screens other than maybe the home builder, Um, some newer names and kind of uh, a focus now is appearing on what's happening in the economy and where the underlying growth really is. Now, I'm not saying that there's not growth in, in technology And, you know, software, cloud, cybersecurity, all those areas have tremendous growth right now as well. But as value investors, we care what we pay for that growth and we want to get it cheap. We don't want to overpay for those growth earnings. So we will look for the growth, but in the cheap category. And so some of these names are what gets us there. And I think we're going to find if this uh, sell-off kind of continues in the growth names that a lot more of them will appear on our screens as we go forward. And that's a good thing, right? We want those valuations to come down a bit. So in the meantime, some of these plays that have worked for the last six months, like the home builders, should continue to be the solid areas for value investors to, to be in. That is a multi-year cycle, the home buying, because those millennials are really hitting their stride in the main years when they wanna buy homes. And there is a shortage of homes right now, so not everybody can buy who wants to buy right now. So there's still gonna be demand going forward for the next several years, and we'll see how all that shakes out. But if I can get those home builders cheaper on a further pullback, then even better. And look for some of the ones that pay a dividend so that you're getting something if they do move sideways for, you know, a couple of months, um, then you'll at least get rewarded for your patience. And that's true of all of these. So let me recap the stocks we talked about again. So there was Vishay, which is the semiconductor stock. And, yeah, they do pay a dividend, too. Ticker VSH is the ticker on that one. Then we had uh, Polte which is the home builder that I picked, but I like a lot of them, but they're the most uh, gl- or national out of the home builders. PHM is the ticker there. Lumber liquidators, the flooring guys. Now, this is one of the ones, the few out of these five, where it has been plunging all year. It was a pandemic winter. Now it's plunging down. We might be able to get it even cheaper. So keep that in mind. Ticker LL for lumber liquidators. Then staffing. Keep in mind what's going to be hot in the rest of this year into 2020, and it's going to be the reopening, the recovery, and staffing is always big in the recovery. MAN is the ticker for Manpower Group. Then we had chemicals because the industrial side is recovering as well, as I talked about, and I chose Huntsman, ticker H-U-N. And as always, I'm going to be looking at all the value stocks and what's going on in the value sector every week here on the Value Investor Podcast. And I will have a show upcoming on what happened in the first quarter in Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio because there were some interesting moves. I just didn't want to cover that right now because we can cover that anytime. Um, But I will cover all of that because, again, there are some interesting moves being made by some of the value investors out there with value now back on the scene and prominent in front of a lot of people's uh, you know screens right now and value back in favor but as this podcast even shows i'm still able to find it so never fear value is still out there you just have to know and be in these certain types of industries and sectors and not in the super hot glamour areas but a um, lot of good names still out there and still cheap. So be sure to subscribe and check out all of the Value Investor podcasts, including our old episodes. There's a lot of good ones on there on Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett and his investing style. So be sure to check out those. But you can get them all on Spotify. You can also get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, Amazon Music now, and you can get us on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge where. Yeah, I talk about those growthy names quite a bit, but we also cover a lot of other interesting topics, including on the economy over on Market Edge, but be sure to get both of them and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks.